Hello, you're listening to Jerry McGee, Overcoming Life's Obstacles, Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to those who are listening in. Uh, Our program is scheduled for the first and third uh, Tuesdays of each month from 6 to 8 p.m. Central Time. Um, And at the end of the program, if you want personal prayer, if you'll call in to 646-595-4784, And don't forget to press 1, and it will put you through to our prayer line. And so tonight I feel like that I'm supposed to be teaching on the healing of a broken heart. I believe everybody can say that they probably at least one time in their life had their hearts broken. But the good news is that Jesus Christ came to bind up our broken heart, to heal us, to set us free, to preach the gospel to the poor, to bind up the brokenhearted, to set at liberty those who are bound, uh, to recover sight to the blind, and to set at liberty those that are bruised. Praise the Lord for his word. And so, Lord, we just come before your throne in Jesus' name, and we ask, Lord, for your mighty anointing upon me and upon each person who's listening in. I ask you to cover us and cover the sponsor of this program and her family, with the blood of Jesus, cover all of our loved ones with the blood of Jesus, cover every person who's listening in with the blood of Jesus. Lord, we pray a special covering of warrior angels around and over each person who's listening in who loves you to boomerang back on the enemy every curse and assignment that's sent against us, not to kill them, hurt them, harm them, but so that they'll fear God and turn away from evil. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just Take authority that we've been given over Satan, and we bind you, Satan, principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, wicked spirits in heavenly places. We bind you in the heavenly places and on this earth. We forbid you to work with, communicate with, make contact with anyone on this earth or in the heavenly places to work divination against us in the name of Jesus. We bind and break every word of death, word of iniquity, curse, assignment, satanic ritual, Uh, witchcraft ritual or any ritual spoken over us in the name, power, blood, and by the authority of Jesus. And, Father, we ask you to loose your ministering angels to minister to every person who's listening in tonight and anyone who will be listening in in the future in the name of Jesus. Father, I ask that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable to you, that I not speak in human words of wisdom, but with your Holy Spirit's word and your Holy Spirit's power. Father, I pray that the eyes of each person, the eyes of every heart will be enlightened. Father, I I bless each person who's listening in to be filled with the knowledge of your will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding, that they may walk in a manner worthy of you, pleasing you in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of you, being strengthened with all power according to your glorious might for the attaining of steadfastness, patience, and joy. Father, I commit this time to you, and you said my thoughts will be established. Father, I ask that tonight I be a tree of life, that rivers of living water will come forth from our innermost being to touch the lives of those who are listening in. In Jesus' name, we praise you, mighty God, for what you're going to do. A broken heart in Hebrew means to burst, uh, to break, to break down, break off, crush, destroy, hurt, quench. In the Greek, broken heart means uh, to completely crush, to shatter, uh, to break in pieces, break in shivers, to bruise. 
Uh, dictionary definition is um, that is a crushing grief, anguish, and distress to be burdened down with sorrow, grief, or uh, disappointment. Metaphorically, grief, um, a broken heart is um, is that emotional aching down in your chest that happens when you're deeply disappointed or grieved over a life circumstance. And I could say that probably fits all of us. Each of us are walking in different places in our life, um, some more mature than others, and we all are a work in progress. But God wants to heal the deep pain of your life. Uh, He doesn't want you just to have to hang in there. You know, so many times we think that God is like our earthly parents, and so because they're the ones that hurt us, the lie is that God hurts us too, and God loves us with an everlasting love. You know, if you knew how much God loved you, you'd just run into his arms. God loves you. He, he loves you with an everlasting love. Um, he's, he's a patient God. He's long-suffering. He's kind. He's good. He's faithful. He's not anything that our parents are. We could have the best parents in the world, and I think I have had the best parents anybody could have, but they're just human like we are. And so... Um, But God is a perfect God. He's not a man that he could lie, and his word is trustworthy. He will never leave you, fail you, or forsake you. And he came, and in fact, in Luke 4, he says that he came, the anointing was upon him to preach the good news to the poor, to bind up their brokenhearted, to set at liberty those that are captive, to to heal um, blindness, and to set at liberty those who are bruised. And so if you're listening in and you've been bruised by life circumstances or by someone who's hurt you or maybe even disappointed yourself, the good news is that God wants you healed and he will heal you. Uh, in Proverbs 15:13, it says, A joyful heart, which means an undefiled heart, makes a cheerful face, but when the heart is sad, the spirit is broken. You know, any time we've, um, you know, our heart is like a spiritual garden. And there's been things planted in our lives through our sins, through the generational iniquities of the forefathers, through sins that have been committed against us that we've not uh, taken to the cross. We've not forgiven those things. We let the sun go down on those things. And those things have been planted down in our lives. And wherever those things have been planted, there's defilement in the heart. And so when the heart is clean, the conscience is clear in whatever area, it makes a cheerful face. A joyful, undefiled heart makes a cheerful face, but when the heart is sad, the spirit is broken. A joyful heart is a good medicine. Um, And so an undefiled heart is a good medicine. So you could say that if I'm sick, there's there's some defilement or some sadness down in the heart that's not yet been revealed. You know, I've had people um, tell me when I say, you know, there's always sin behind sickness in our bodies. And, of course, people have a fit and fall in it because they say, well, I've repented of everything I know. And you know what? Most people that say that have. But there's many things that have been stored down in the heart that we don't yet see. And God uses the pain in our life to show us what was planted down in our life that's producing the bad fruit. And so we need to be careful to always ask God what he's trying to teach us through whatever we go through because 
there is a lesson in Romans 8:28. It says, "Everything works together for good to those that love the Lord, to the called according to His purpose, for whom He foreknew, He predestined to be conformed into the image of His Son." And so, the purpose of the trials we go through is to conform us into the image of Christ. Uh, if we don't go to God with our pain, we get conformed in the image of the beast or the image of the one who's hurt us. And so we want to be conformed into God's image, and it's our choice to allow him to use the trials we go through to purify us and conform us into his image. And that's the sorrow that leads to repentance. But if we don't take these things to God, it's the sorrow that leads to death. And if you keep these, you, you keep the pain and the hurt harbored down in your heart, eventually it'll work death in your body, uh, and then that death, the spirit of death will begin to produce sickness in your body. And so if a joyful heart's a good medicine, a joyful undefiled heart is a good medicine, um, a defiled heart will make you sick. And so I thank God that he's taught me to look for what's buried down in my heart, even though I'm walking in repentance, Jesus Christ is the Lord of my life. Uh, I can't think of any anything that, that I'm not repenting of that God wants me to repent of. And and so, but there's so much down there that I don't yet see. So God, what God does is he allows a problem to get me to look to, deeper down into the, uh, the treasures of my heart of things that he's trying to teach me. And, and you know, deliverance and healing is a process. Um, we, if God showed us everything that was down there at one time, we couldn't take it. So he shows us little by little, and that, that is, uh, that's scriptural. Back, I believe it's in Exodus. Um, he tells us he drives the enemy out of us little by little. And you know the word salvation, wherever it's listed, means sozo, which means not only salvation, but it means healing, deliverance, it means preservation, and it means to be made whole. So it's easy for us to believe that we have salvation, um, but it's harder harder for some of us to believe that we're healed, we're delivered, we're made whole, and we're preserved just in that word salvation. The whole ball of wax, that's whatever we have when we have salvation. And, um, and I'm not going to tell you that I'm there because I still have areas where I need to believe the Lord. It's easy for me to believe in deliverance and that he preserves me. He makes me whole, but I'm still working on the the healing by the stripes of Jesus. The Bible says that I'm healed. And so if a joyful heart is a good medicine, a defiled uh, heart, a sad heart will make you sick. A broken heart can cause emotional and physical pain. It can be the cause of broken heart syndrome and also physical damage to the heart. And I, I wouldn't be uh, at all surprised that when people have heart surgery, that the root of that is a broken heart that's never been mended by the blood of Jesus and by the cross of Jesus. So the good news in Psalms 34, 8 says, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. Uh, and I know that many of you who are listening uh, have had at least one broken heart in your lifetime, and you've tried the best to heal yourself superficially by going to psychiatrists and psychologists and uh, to um, build walls around your heart. You've tried to go to doctors. You've took medication for depression. 
you've re- you refu- you refuse to remember, you've been in denial, you've tried to forgive, um, you've tried to forget to no avail. And if you've done these things, all you've done is put a Band-Aid on, a, on your, your broken heart. But God wants your, heart, your broken heart healed. In doing these things, you've just merely uh, put a Band-Aid on your broken heart. And so God wants to forever heal you now. Um, you know, God says my people perish for the lack of knowledge because they reject knowledge. I know people right now that are tormented every day of their life because they won't re- they reject the knowledge which is the truth that sets them free and uh it, it's really sad to me because i i want to see people heal people i loved heal god's children to be healed and god wants to forever heal you of every pain of every torment that you go through and um i've already quoted the verse in luke 4 where jesus said when he read from the book of isaiah in luke 4 the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. The anointing of the Lord is upon me to preach good news, to heal, to deliver, to bind up the broken heart, to heal your blind eyes, to uh, <clears throat> to set you at liberty, all your bruised places. And he wants his disciples to minister to other people according to Psalm, uh, Isaiah 61. Isaiah 61, you know, disciple is a disciplined one. Uh, not everybody who's a believer is a disciple. A disciple is a person that allows God to deal with them, a person that that walks in repentance, walks in forgiveness, um, doesn't let the sun go down on his anger, studies to show himself approved, loves the word of God, um, has an intimate relationship with the Lord. In Isaiah, I believe it's Isaiah 50, don't quote me, but it says, I will give you the tongue of a disciple that you might sustain the weary one with a word. And morning by morning, I'll awake up your ears to listen as a disciple, and you will not be disobedient, nor will you be turned, nor will you turn back. But it says in Isaiah 61:1 for the disciples, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has has anointed me to bring good news to the afflicted. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to captives, and freedom to prisoners. To proclaim the favorable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to to grant those who mourn uh, in Zion, giving them a garland instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of a spirit of fainting, that they may be oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. Um, they will rebuild the, the ancient ruins. They'll raise up the former devastations. They will uh, repair the ruined cities, the desolations of many generations. And this is really a picture of what's come on us generationally. Um, there's been former devastations in our bloodline. There's been ruined cities, the desolations of many generations. You know, you say uh, Jesus told, the, disi- told um, the disciples that he was the light of the world. But he also said, you disciples are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. So he called them a city. And so uh, whenever we get deliverance, we will rebuild the ancient ruins in the lives, our lives and the lives of other people. We'll raise up the former devastations of many generations, repair the ruined cities and the desolations of many generations. You know, we, we were born with desolation. We were born, you know, we were born... Probably there could be a broken heart, many broken hearts that have come down 
um, my our bloodlines. And you know, I just now thought about that. And uh, usually, when the Lord shows me something like that, I take accountability, and I'm going to do it right now. Lord, I forgive my forefathers, and if you're listening right now, pray with me. I forgive my forefathers for not taking their broken heart to you. And, Lord, I forgive every person that has broke their heart, in any, and I forgive them for breaking anyone else's heart. And, Lord, we take accountability for whatever's come down on us through the generations, uh, all the way back to Adam and Eve. Lord, we ask that you start with Adam and Eve and let your cleansing blood flow down through our bloodline, washing away any ground Satan's had in our lives of a broken heart that's passed down through the generations. And, Lord, we stand in our bloodline. We put that under the blood of Jesus. And, Lord, we thank you for healing this generational broken heart. We break soul ties with all of our forefathers who had a broken heart or who broke the heart of others and with anyone who broke their heart. And we call back our soul and spirit from them. And I'm talking about our human spirit, not our not our not the part that not the Holy Spirit. We call back our human spirit and our soul from them. We send back their soul and their human spirit back to them. We change their image for the image of Christ in Jesus' name. And through a soul tie, you can get the uh, a part of whoever you have a soul tie with, and they get a part of you. So in Jesus' name, we command the broken heart that's come down through the generations, the grief that's blinded our eyes, the the bondage that's blinded our eyes, the the spirit of blindness that's come down, the bruise, all the bruises, Lord, we declare are healed. We break generational curses in in Jesus' name. And those are things I do as I walk about or as God gives me a revelation because I'm asking the Lord to, and I believe the Lord is restoring my eyes. And so there's been many desolations of many generations that have come down through my bloodline, through uh, you know, through eye problems And so uh, when the Lord shows me Something like that I've repented of many many things But never repented of a broken heart Coming down through the generations And I wanted to do it while I still Had it on on my mind It in Isaiah 61 verse 4 It says they will rebuild The ancient ruins They'll raise up the former devastations They will repair the ruined cities The desolations of many generations they, strangers will stand and pasture your flocks, and foreigners will be your farmers and your vine dressers. And you will be called priests of the Lord, and you, after deliverance, you will, you will be spoken of as ministers of your God. You will eat the wealth of nations, and in their riches you'll boast. And in verse 7 of 61, it says, In your shame you'll have a double portion. And in your humili- humiliation, they will, you will shout for joy over your portion. There, then they will possess a double portion in their land, and everlasting joy will be theirs. It goes on in Isaiah 62 says that you will be a royal diadem in the hand of the Lord. Um, Isaiah 58 says, Is this not the fast which I choose to loosen the bonds of wickedness, to undo the bands of the yoke? And to let the oppressed go free and to break every yoke? Is it not to divide your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into the house? Uh, when you see the naked, to cover him and, and to hide yourself from your own, and, and to not hide yourself from your own flesh. Now, this doesn't mean that you take in a deadbeat child that won't, that won't work, that, that's on drugs, and that you're going to enable them. 
because you you do a greater you do a greater service to your child to back off and let God be their savior. As long as you're trying to be their savior, they don't need a savior. And so you just need to back off and um and because when your child doesn't have a savior, he's going to be looking for one. And so whenever you enable your children, all you're doing is prolonging your agony. But so it says but but you know what, if you have a child that's trying with all their heart to do what's right, you're not to hide yourself from your own flesh. But if your child's being disciplined because of their wrong choices, then you need to back off and let God discipline them and not be bailing them out continually because you're the one that suffers when you do that and they don't learn anything. In fact, just think about it. Have you ever uh, learned anything from your blessings? Uh, you've learned, if you're wise, you'll learn from your mistakes and let those things conform you into God's image. Isaiah 58 verse 8 says, Then your light will break out as the dawn, and your recovery will speedily spring forth, and your righteousness will go before you, and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Isaiah 58 verse 9 says, Then you will call, and the Lord will answer, and you will cry, and and you will, and he will say, Here I am. If you remove the yoke from your midst, the pointing of your finger, and the speaking wickedness. So see, God wants us to watch our words and to not be pointing the finger at other people. Um, Isaiah 58 verse 10 says, And you'll give yourself to the hungry and satisfy the desire of the afflicted. Then your light will arise in the darkness and your gloom will be like midday. And the Lord will continually guide you and satisfy your desire in scorched places. And give strength to your bones, and you'll be like a well-watered garden, a spring of water whose waters do not fail. Uh, Those from among you will rebuild the ancient ruins. You will raise up the age-old foundations, and you'll be called a repairer of the breach, a restorer of the of the streets in which in, in which to dwell. If because of your um, if because of the Sabbath you Turn your foot from doing your own pleasure on my holy day and call the Sabbath a delight, the, ho- the holy day of the Lord, honorable, and um, and honor it, desisting from your own ways and, and seeking your own pleasure and, and speaking your own words. You know, I'm learning that words are the most powerful, potent human force on the face of the earth. Through our words, we can um, we can encourage, we can heal, we can deliver people, we can give comfort, we can give joy, we can give healing. But the but the reverse is true. Uh, if we're speaking negative words, it can bring death, sickness, disease, hopelessness, depression, despair, uh, and you could just go on and on. And so God wants us to use our words to plant good things in people's lives that will produce good fruit. You know, a farmer would be uh, very foolish to plant tomatoes when he wanted corn to come up. And so the word is seed and words are seed. So we need to be careful what we're planting in other people's lives. You know, I'm I'm just going to share this. I hadn't planned to. But, you know, for example, we can have wayward children. And instead of speaking God's word over them, 
we say, boy, they're good, they're good for nothing, they're lazy, they're no good, they'll never amount to anything, they're drug addicted, they're this, they're that, they're that. And what we do is what we're planning is coming up in their lives. And so we need to, we need to use the scripture. Um, Job 22 says that I can decree a thing and that those who do not deserve to be saved will be saved by the cleanness of my hands. The children of the righteous will be delivered. The children of the righteous are a blessing. And you see, that's going to heal a life as I'm speaking positively. But I, you know, I had I had two sons, and my oldest son is the a greatest joy of my life. He's a godly man. He's my pastor. But I spoke nothing but pretty much nothing but positive words over him. And my other son, who died in 1989 of AIDS, I spoke negative over him just through ignorance. And I'm not sharing that because I'm proud of it. I'm not sharing that because I'm depressed about it because God's forgiven me. I'm sharing that because I could have I could have changed his life by positive words and spe- instead of speaking negative words over him. I remember when he was just a little bitty boy, uh, through my ignorance, he would always lie to me. And I, would, and I remember saying one day, that kid is the biggest liar I've ever seen. Well, guess what? He grew up to be a liar. And you see, that was a grief for me for a long time. And uh, I, I repented of everything I could think of to him when he was alive. And I remember one day going to him and saying, Todd, would you please forgive me for being the kind of mother that couldn't, you couldn't crawl up in my lap and tell me your problems. And he said, oh, Mom, you did the best you knew how. I didn't want you to know my problems. Well, the reason he didn't want me to know his problems is because he knew I'd probably go into an orbit because I wanted everything to be perfect. You see, we can look back on our mistakes and we can ask God to forgive us. And if, you're, if your child's dead, like my son is already in heaven with Jesus, praise God he came to Jesus. But you, the Bible forbids us talking to the dead, but it's tremendously healing for you to tell, ask God to tell your son whatever or tell your daughter or your loved one whatever you didn't tell them that you need to tell them. It's tremendously healing of the heart to do that. And so periodically the Lord will show me something I've done, and I'll say, Lord, would you please ask God to forgive me for this or that? And so that's a, 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 that is another way to get your broken heart healed. I remember a lady who was just overcome with grief and at one of my meetings, and her daughter was killed in a car wreck, and she didn't get to tell her bye, and she was just overcome with tremendous grief. And I led her to ask God to ask her, her daughter, uh, tell her daughter she loved her and tell her daughter that uh, goodbye, and that, that the lady was healed of her grief. Her broken heart was healed. And so if you have regret about anyone that you know that, that's dead, ask God. You're not supposed to talk to the dead. God forbids that. Talking to the dead is necromancy. But you can ask God to ask that person to forgive you or whatever it is you need to make right. And God can tell him whatever he wants to. But, there, but there's tremendous healing when you put that on God for God to tell him what he wants. And, and there's, uh, uh, it removes the guilt. Um, Isaiah 58, verse 14 says, Then you will take delight in the Lord and make your, um, and he will make you ride on the heights of the earth, and he will feed you with the heritage of Jacob, your father, for the Lord God has spoken. And you will be called a healer of the breach. Well, just what is a breach? A breach is a broken place in someone's life. 
uh, in Nehemiah, it's the wall of Jerusalem, which was a physical picture of um, the church or the, the saints. It was a physical picture of the broken places, the broken places in that wall. Because when there's a broken place, the enemy can get in. Because in those broken places, there's hurt, there's fear, there's anger, there's bitterness. And so healing the breach is to heal the broken places in a person's life by leading them in repentance, by finding out how that wall got broken down, what happened in the life to cause that breach, and then lead them in repentance and forgiveness. And then God will heal that breach. God is the healer of the breach. But he uses people. You know, my testimony is I grew up in a with a mom and dad that loved me. I can never think of a day in my life I didn't feel loved. I didn't have a broken heart as a little child. I guess the most distressing thing in my life was I was a little fat girl, and I felt rejected because of that. Um, I don't think I had a broken heart about it. And I and I and my mother and dad were people that gave me a good perspective of God. I didn't grow up in trauma. and um, But I married and I had a, uh, my husband was president of a bank. And one day, just out of the blue, he came home and wanted a divorce. And it was, a, it was the most, my heart was so broke. I remember it was around, it was in November and the sad time of the holidays, uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas coming up. And I remember praying, oh, Lord, you said if I delight myself in you, I'll have desires of my heart. And um, and, the, and the Lord said, well, Jerry, am I really all you want? Because before then, I'd say, Lord, you're all I want. And, it, and I was put to the test. I said, yes, Lord, but I want my husband back. Anyway, he divorced me for his secretary and left me with an 8-year-old and a, and a 12-year-old boy. And that was the saddest thing that ever happened to me in my entire life. And... Um, I mean, for years I could cry about it. Even though God had healed my heart, it was still a sad time. And I remember uh, sitting in church and tears were splashing down on my Bible. And a lady next to me opened her by, opened my Bible to, to Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, where God said, I know the plans I have for you. They're for good and not for evil to give you a future and a hope. And it was like, Lord, you mean you have a plan in the midst of this mess? I remember praying, Lord, if you're not going to restore this marriage, then uh, I ask you to take me out of this world. And then I said, Lord, if you're not going to take me out of this world, kill him. And, of course, he's still alive today, and we're friends. And I look back, and I see how because I did forgive him, I forgave the other woman. She was 23, and he was her third husband. And uh, he was because he was the president of a bank, she thought he had money. And, of course, they only lived together three months. But that was the saddest thing that ever happened to me. It was like before then I was so self-righteous. I was teaching Sunday school, and I could not. I was judging all the people in the church that had been divorced. And it was like the Lord allowed me to get hit right between the eyes with a tuba for to break me. As I look back on that, because I can say one thing I did right. I, did, I was delighting in the Lord with all my heart. I love Jesus. And uh, God worked all of that for my good because had had all this not happened, couldn't have seen the sin, the, the self-righteousness in my own life, but I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today had, if I would still be married to him. And so I'm thankful that we're friends, and I'm thankful I can say I love him as a friend, but that was a sad time in my life. And then, of course, my son that I prayed for for 20 years, the Lord would do whatever it took to bring him to repentance. 
he gave his heart to Jesus, totally repented of his sins, uh, died of AIDS, and he's now in heaven. And I can tell you, God binds up the broken heart. He heals us. But we have to go to the throne of grace. It says in Hebrews uh, chapter 4 that there's a throne of grace we can go to. And at the throne of grace, we get strengthened, confirmed, established, and perfected. And we have to humble ourselves to go to the throne of grace. But when we go to the throne of grace and we take our pain to God and we deal with it his way through forgiving other people, asking God to forgive us, um, then, then we get strengthened, confirmed, established, and perfected. And when we don't do that, we come short of the grace of God and we receive a root of bitterness. There's a wonderful promise in Isaiah 42, verse 3. It says, a bruised reed he will not break, and a burning wick he will not extinguish. Uh, and no matter how we got that way, he will not let us, he will not uh, break us, or I mean in a negative way, and he will not let us be extinguished. And, you know, we have an enemy, uh, Satan wants to extinguish us. It says, for we, do not, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize in our weaknesses, but we have one who's been tempted in all things, yet without sin. And so uh, if Jesus, who was sinless, could sympathize with us, we need to sympathize with other people. Um, Psalms 34, verse 18 says, The Lord is near to the brokenhearted, and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. It's encouraging to know that we can be uh, healed and delivered from a broken heart. Uh, there are certain things that happen to us that can bring on a broken heart. Uh, one is uh, it can happen when we lose a loved one through divorce, uh, uh, lose a boyfriend, uh, uh, lose a child or a beloved pet. Um, it can happen when in failed relationships, and I believe that's probably the, the greatest suffering that we can go through is when there, a, a relationship fails it can come in through divorce it through being abandoned uh, being dropped by a lover through dysfunctional family being sexually abused uh, physically abused mentally abused emotionally abused spiritually abused uh, through the loss of possessions the loss of a job you know there's 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 people that have had a committed their life to a certain company and maybe in their later years lose that that special job, and that can break a person's heart. Uh, a broken heart can come into rejection, through illness, um, through injustice, failure, loss of inheritance. And what will encourage is that the Bible says that God uh, chooses your inheritance. Uh, a broken heart can come in through cruel, harsh words. Matthew Henry said, words, uh, words indeed do not break bones. But words have broke many of a heart, and so when a when when negative words are spoken, um, it can break a person's heart. It can cause pain and grief and sadness. And we live in a world with reckless words, cruel, cutting, careless, irresponsible words. Words spoke uh, quickly, rashly. Uh, um, words spoken um, in in decisively words broke words that are spoken that 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 people don't even have any thought about it 
uh, some years back I was at, uh, in fact, it was probably in the last couple of years, I, I taught on words, word curses, and we talked about the things that had broken people's hearts. And one person, I said, well, what about the words that have been spoken over people? And one person said uh, that her parents spoke over her, I hate you. I wish you'd never been born. Why don't you just go, I wish you'd die. Why don't you just go kill yourself? Can you imagine when a person speaks those kind of words to a child, what it does to their life? You know, when I spoke to my son, he was a, a biggest liar that I'd ever seen. You know, he, you can see a little child, they think, well, you know, I don't feel like I'm a bad person, but this person I love and respect says I'm a liar, receives that in his heart, and, and the Bible says that as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And so there's many people that are living defeated, failed lives because of the words that have been spoken over them. Proverbs 12, verse 18 says, there's one that speaks rashly like the thrust of a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Proverbs 15:4 says, uh, uh, "A wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but perversion in it crushes the spirit." Uh, perverseness means to be twisted, to perverted, deceitful, um, ill, cross, ill-natured, crooked, demeaning, a lying tongue, impure words, because death and life are in the power of the tongue. You know, if we if we speak life, we're planting life in a person. If we speak death, we're planting death in that person. And words are a major cause of a breach in a spirit uh, and failure in a person's life. Proverbs thirteen seventeen says a faithful envoy brings healing. Proverbs fifteen thirty says the light of the eye rejoices the heart, and a good word, a good report. Puts fat on the bones. It means to make your your bones uh, morrowy and healthy. Um, whatever the cause of the pain, um, a broken heart can be enormous. But it all boils down to sin. My sin are the sins of those that have committed sin against me. And you may say, well, it really wasn't my fault when this happened. But uh, our our sin could be a wrong response to the hurt and the pain. And uh, if we don't respond in the right way, we, we become bitter instead of better. The right response would be, uh, God says in Ephesians 4.26, don't let the sun go down on your anger because you give a mighty foothold to the devil. And we're not to give the devil an opportunity in our life. And so the right response would be to ask God to forgive me for anything I've done. Uh, forgive that person. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. Because when you're hurt, you get angry. And then if you let the sun go down on it, the next day it's unforgiveness, and then it's bitterness the next day. And then bitterness is like drinking poison wanting someone else to die. And if it's your fault or partially your fault, you need to ask God to forgive you and forgive the other people. And um, when we don't do that, we become bitter, and the bitterness will open us up to sickness. Um and that's, you can find that scripture in Matthew 18 when a person doesn't forgive, um, then he's turned over to the tormentors in Matthew 18. And the tormentors are demons that inflict pain. It means the pain of disease. It means inquisitor. It means demons that inflict pain. And in Ecclesiastes, it says if we remove vexation, which is grief, anger, a provocation, hurt, and idolatry, 
from our heart, we can put pain out of our body. And so wherever the pain is, is significant. For example, I know people that have arthritis in their feet, um, their feet, because, uh, and, and one of the grounds for that is the having a pain, feeling like that you've been on a painful path your whole life. You haven't liked the direction God's taking you, so you're bitter towards your path. Um, you know, if it's hands, it has to do with ministry. What you've done with your hands has to do with ministry, uh, being bitter toward people that have hurt you in the ministry. And probably all of us can say that that's happened. But the key to, the key to healing is forgiveness. Uh, you'll never get delivered or healed until you forget. In fact, you won't even have salvation because the Bible says that if you, Jesus said, if you don't forgive, you won't be forgiven. And, and there's many other verses that encourage you, but just to name a few, in Psalms 51, verse 17, it says, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not. Psalm 69, verse 20 says, Reproach has broken my heart, and I'm so sick. I look for um, sympathy, but there was, no, there, there was none, and for comforters, but I found none. Isaiah 65, verse 14 says, and, and this is speaking of your enemies, um, what, what God does to your enemies if they afflict you. God says, Behold, my servant will shout joyfully with a glad heart, but you will cry out with a heavy heart, and you will wail because of a broken spirit. And that's speaking of those people that persecute us. In Job 17, it says, My days are past. My purposes are broken off, even the even though uh, let's see my my purposes are, are broken off, even the thoughts of my heart. Psalms thirty four verse eighteen says, "The Lord is near to the brokenhearted, and He saves those who are crushed in spirit." Thirty seven verse five, speaking of our enemies, it says, "Their sword will enter their own heart, and their bows will be broken." Psalm 51, verse 17 says, I think I've already read this one, but I'll read it again. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, that will not despise. Psalms 147, verse 3 says, He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Isaiah 1 says, Because of rebellion, he says, Your whole head is sick from the sole of your foot to the crown of your head. And no one to bandage you up, soften you, and uh, and heal you. Uh, and of course, uh, that's because of rebellion. And so, when we have to repent of rebellion, in the first part of that verse, it talks about we've come out of generations of rebellious people. And for God to heal our broken heart, we have to repent of all of our sin, forgive anyone that's hurt us, ask God to forgive us, forgive ourselves. Um, Repent of letting the sun go down on your anger. Repent of the sorrow that leads to death. Uh, go to God with the sorrow that leads to repentance. Forgive yourself and break soul ties with every person who's hurt you because through soul ties, you can carry the diseases, the sicknesses, the demons, the afflictions, the addictions of whoever you have a soul tie with. And you can, uh, through a soul tie, you can be connected like a like a thread, like a string, like a rope, like a cable, depending on the the depth of sin committed with the person you have a soul tie with. Uh, I encourage you to, you can go on YouTube and look up my message on soul ties and you can get a greater understanding of soul ties. 
also there's a throne of grace that you can go to. And we have to go to the throne of grace. Thank God we have to humble ourselves to get there. But at the throne of grace, we get strengthened, confirmed, established, and perfected. And to go to the throne of grace, I take my pain to the Lord through repentance of forgiving, um, asking God to forgive me for anything I've done. And God will heal my broken heart. And the scripture says that I'll get strengthened, confirmed, established, and perfected when I go to the throne of grace. Praise God for the throne of grace. And you know what keeps me from going to the throne of grace is if I believe the lie that God's like my earthly parents. And if that's the case, I have to deal with the judgments I've made on my parents. For example, if my daddy was a liar, then the lie is, until God heals me, that that God's a liar. If my mother and daddy rejected me until I take that to God and forgive them, uh, I think God's going to reject me. If my parents always said no, the lie is God's going to say no. If my parents never never, uh, corrected me or led me or guided me, the lie is God's not going to lead me or guide me either. And so when I don't go to the throne of grace, I come short of the grace of God, um, then I lose heart and faint and want to give up and quit. And uh, that's a a different message called called a fainting spirit. You can also hear that on my website if you go to jerrymcgee.com, G-E-R-I-M-C-G-H-E-E.com, and that will take you to my website. And so if you're listening now, what I'm going to do is lead you in repentance, and then I'm going to do deliverance and ask God to heal your broken heart. And so if you're listening now, pray with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you to forgive me for the sorrow that leads to death. Forgive me for not having the sorrow that leads to repentance. Forgive me for not coming to your throne of grace. Lord, uh, forgive me for not believing I can come to your throne of grace. Forgive me for believing that you're just like my parents, Lord. You're not. You're a perfect God. Father, I just forgive every person who's ever hurt me. Lord, in Jesus' name, I I forgive myself. Forgive me for responding incorrectly. Lord, I forgive any person. I I, I forgive uh, people that have rejected me, dumped me, divorced me, hurt me, sexually abused me, uh, physically abused me, mentally abused me, emotionally abused me. Uh, Lord, I thank you that you came to bind up the broken heart. Father, I've I've not had a joyful heart. I've had a sad heart that is dried at my bones. Lord, would you heal my bones? Father, I forgive my forefathers for the sad heart that's come down generationally. Lord, forgive me for not having a joyful heart. Forgive me for having a defiled heart. Um, Lord, I forgive every person who spoke negative words over me. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pull down, uproot, and pluck out all those negative words. And Lord, in Jesus' name, I forgive every person that is uh, spoke words of death, careless, cutting, hateful, mean, uh, sarcastic words over me in the name of Jesus. Uh, Father, I forgive anyone that has taken my job, uh, abused me. I forgive uh, every person that has treated me unjustly. I forgive judges and courtrooms. Um, and Lord, forgive me for being brokenhearted over my own failures. Uh, brokenhearted over illness and sickness. Thank you, Lord, that you give a remedy for sickness, and it's by your stripes I'm healed. I forgive every person that's rejected me, um, taken my possessions. 
I forgive my mother and father for a dysfunctional family. I forgive um, any lover that's dumped me, uh, any friend that's dumped me. Um, I forgive my mate for divorce and ask you to forgive me. I forgive everyone that I've been in a relationship with that has dumped me, rejected me, backstabbed me. Uh, I forgive every boyfriend, girlfriend I've ever had. Uh, Lord, I commend my loved ones to your bosom. Father, would you tell, uh, would you tell God, tell my loved ones that I'm sorry to please forgive me. I love them and miss them. Tell my parents who are in heaven, Lord, or wherever they are, um, to forgive me. Thank you that you're near to the brokenhearted. God, forgive me for not sympathizing with other people. I thank you, Lord, that you sympathize with me. Thank you, Lord, that a burning wick you will not extinguish uh, and a bruised reed you will not break. Father, I thank you. Forgive me for not going to your throne of grace. Lord, forgive me for the pointing of the finger. God, forgive me for um, not delighting in you. Forgive me for not causing, calling the Sabbath a delight. Forgive me, Lord, for being selfish. Lord, I ask you to forgive me for not being your disciple. And Father, if I have not been born again, I ask you to forgive me for not being willing to deny myself and take up my cross and follow you. Forgive me for not giving myself to the hungry and satisfying the desires of the afflicted. God, forgive me for not removing the yoke from our midst. Forgive me for pointing fingers, judging others, criticizing others. Forgive me for believing that you don't love me. Forgive me for not covering the naked. Forgive me for not dividing my bread with the hungry and bringing the homeless poor into my house. Forgive me for not choosing your fast. And Lord, in Jesus' name, I repent of my sin. I break soul ties with every person who's hurt me, every person that I've hurt. I call back my soul and human spirit from them. I send back their souls and human spirits back to them. I exchange their image for the image of Christ. And in the name of Jesus, I command the broken heart to leave, all the pain to leave the chest, all the hurt to leave. In the name of Jesus, I, grant, I declare that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, that he's given me uh, an anointing to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn. Father, I give in the name of Jesus to every person who's listening a beauty for ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, a mantle of praise instead of the spirit of fainting. I bind up their broken hearts, I press them out, I bandage them, I soften them with oil, and I just command the spirit of death to go, spirits of depression and sadness has to go, spirits of fear, doubt, unbelief, worry, anxiety, tension, stress, betrayal, abandonment, you have to go now in the name, power, blood, and by the authority of Jesus' name, I break your power in the mighty name of Jesus. You have to leave every life in Jesus' name. I have authority over all your power. I bind the strong man in the name of Jesus. And I just <clears throat> command every demonic spirit that's come in through, uh, through being hurt, through having a broken heart to go in the name of Jesus. 
And, Lord, I ask you to give them a cleansed, defiled, undefiled heart. I, cleanse, I ask you to cleanse them from all defilement by the blood of Jesus. And every spirit that came in through the sins they confessed has to go now in Jesus' name. Praise you, mighty God. I bless you, Lord. Bless you, mighty God. I bless you, Lord. What a mighty God you are. Thank you for your mighty deliverance. Thank you for what you've done in each life that's listened in. Thank you that you've taken away the pain, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we pull down, uproot, and pluck out all pain in a broken heart. Lord, I bind their heart to be one to you, even as you you and your heavenly Father are one in the name of Jesus. Now, Now, Lord, I ask you to fill me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me with love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and self-control in Jesus' name. And if you're listening in and you want prayer, if you call 646-595-4784, and don't forget to press the 1, and we'll pray personally for you. And I'm just going to uh, just tell you a little bit about Abiding Life Ministries while we're waiting for someone to call in. And then if no one calls in, then the, the program will be over. Uh, but anyway, I hope you'll listen in again on the first and the third Tuesdays from 6 to 8 p.m. Uh, Abiding Life Ministries was founded in 1978 by my late husband, Bob McGee. And um, we've been in deliverance and inner healing for 30, going on 35 years. And we've seen many people set free. Uh, the Lord showed us that the key to deliverance and the key to victory is always living a repentant lifestyle. And it's a process. And um, you can go to my website at jerrymcgee.com. And that's G like George, E-R-I-M-C-G-H-E-E.com. And it will take you to my website. I have meetings in Duncanville, Texas. The, the second Saturday of each month, beginning at 10 o'clock. And, um, and if you'd like to schedule a seminar or meeting in your area, if you can just email me at jerrymcgee at svcglobal.net. And um, I'll be in Lake Hamilton Bible Camp on September the 1st through the 4th. We have a, a Labor Day camp, and it's very inexpensive. And in the mornings, we have prayer teams that pray for people from 6 to 8 or 6 to 9, or we just pray for people until uh, everyone gets prayer. But um, I know of no greater place to get deliverance than Lake Hamilton Bible Camp. I'll also be in Yorkvania on September the 29th through October the 1st, 2016. And, um, and I don't have the information yet. But and I haven't sent out a flyer yet. So if you'll just go into my website and sign up for my e- sign up on my email list, uh, then we'll send you a flyer with all the information, and it should come out pretty soon. But um, anyway, if you um, if you go into my website, there's there's free CDs to listen to with deliverance prayers. Uh, there's articles you can read on the overcoming life. Um, there's a place to give if you would like to contribute to the ministry. We appreciate all those who give because it, without your gifts, we, it, it's hard to run an office and have a secretary. And, and uh, so we appreciate whatever you can do. And the precious lady that sponsors this program, 
um, there's other teachers on Blog Talk Radio, Dorothy Carruthers. But if you'd like to send her a gift to help her in sponsoring uh, this program and other programs, you can you can email you can send her a gift through PayPal to D like dog, or Do- I'm sorry, or well you can say D like dog or D like Dorothy, a churchy, like church with a Y number one at hotmail.com. And uh, you can email me at jerrymcgee at sbcglobal.net. I'd love to hear from you. I hope you'll sign up. Um, and if you're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, that you'll attend the, come attend the Duncanville Deliverance Ministry. And that's the second Saturday of every month from 10 to usually 3 or 4 o'clock. Well, God bless you. Uh, if there's no one that's calling in, then may the Lord bless you and keep you, be gracious to you. Make his face shine upon you and give you greater peace. Thank you for listening in. Until next time, this is Jerry McGee, uh, Blog Talk Radio, Overcoming Life's Obstacles.